Hello everyone, I'm Harrison. And I'm Rachel. This week we're talking about what we've learned while exclusively pumping. So stay tuned and join us on our journey to raise Raise baby baby H. H. If you listened to our last episode, you know that we have fed our baby every way that it is possible to feed a baby at his age. Rachel's breastfeeding journey with Edison did not start off on the right foot due to some trauma during Edison's birth, jaundice, and being early term. Edison was having a really hard time latching. We did see a lactation consultant, which was extremely helpful, but unfortunately it was not covered by my insurance, which left me with no resources. Exclusively pumping was not really something that we chose, but something that we kind of fell into. However, now there are a lot of moms out there who will choose to exclusively pump from birth. Harrison and I say often that we don't understand how people raised kids before Amazon and the internet. There are a lot of things that would be nice about not having the internet, like Googling everything that's wrong with me or my child. But there's also a lot of education that happens online. For example, now that more women are talking and sharing about exclusively pumping, there are so many tips and tricks you can learn to save you time, money, and have a more enjoyable experience. So to start it off, we're going to go through the basics. And so what do you really need if you're going to exclusively pump for your child? Basically, all you need is information and the right equipment for you. And I really have to stress the for you part because what's right for one person may not be right for another, which is why there are so many pumps out there, so many different companies, so many different types. It all depends on what works for you. So obviously, if you're going to be exclusively pumping, you need a pump. And there are a lot of different types of pumps. You could do a manual pump. Uh, Medela makes one called the Medela Harmony. And then you also typically need a Haka when you do that. These pumps are completely powered by you. It is completely possible to have a breastfeeding experience and only need a manual pump if you're not needing it very often. But you do have to take the time. It's one-sided, so you have to do one side at a time. And you have to physically like move the pump with your hand. So if it's something that you only need occasionally, then a manual pump might be a really good option for you. So if you don't want to do this work every single time you're going to pump, because you might find yourself pumping quite a bit, you can get an electric pump. So these plug into the wall and they can have a much higher suction level and they don't require you to manually sit there and move the parts around. A lot of these are also double pumps, which means that you can have one on each breast and pump for... 15 minutes total instead of like if you're breastfeeding, it's recommended you feed 15 minutes on each side. If you plan on exclusively pumping, you're most likely going to be looking into an electric pump. Now, if you don't want to be attached to a wall socket all the time because maybe you travel or you just don't want to be tied to the same exact spot every time, then you can get a battery pump. So these are wearable or they also could not be wearable and they give you the option to pump on the go whenever you don't have an outlet. So wearable to me really just means it sticks in your bra, it doesn't have any tubing, and you just kind of forget about it as much as you can while it's there. But there's also a battery-powered pump, which is one that I have called the Pumpables Genie Advanced, where it has all the tubing, so it has a little bit better suction, but it's not so discreet. 
We have tried every single type of these pumps. So we have a manual pump that Rachel still uses quite frequently when it's gonna take too long to use an electric pump or we just don't wanna take all of this stuff out and about. But we also have tried a wearable pump. So I tried the Mom Cozy S12, which was really recommended as a more affordable option if you're wanting the wearable option but don't want to spend the four to $500 to get the Willow or the LV. And I did like that you had different suction levels on each side. Um, they worked okay. I, some people say that if you consistently use a wearable pump that you won't get as much milk as you usually do. I never really saw a difference based on what I was getting from my wall Medela pump or this mom cozy pump. So it really, for me, what I didn't like is it was really noisy. On top of it being noisy, it was very difficult to transfer the milk out of the pump into another bottle. Typically, there's these sections where they store the milk, and these are kind of shaped more like a bowl, whereas electric pumps or manual pumps tend to be more shaped like a bottle. And we saw the best advantage with a wearable pump when we were out and about. And when Rachel would use it in the car, and then we'd try to transfer it into a bottle, it was almost impossible to do it without spilling some. Whereas if we went with a battery-powered pump that was not wearable, then it's going right into a bottle so you can just cap a lid on it and you're good to go. So right now my pump inventory is I have a Medela pump in style, which is an electric pump that plugs into a wall. It did have a battery attachment that I could take it in the car, but I spilled milk all over it. So it's only a plug into a wall option. And then I also have the Pumpables Genie Advanced, which is my portable option that I actually use almost exclusively now because I like it way better. In addition to the electric and battery powered pump, Rachel also has the Medela Harmony for manual pumping. So another important thing that I certainly did not know when I started pumping is that the flanges come in different sizes and they can also be plastic or silicone. So if you look online, there's a couple websites, Pumpables is one of them or Legendary Milk offer fitting rooms where you can either download a printable ruler and measure yourself at home, or it sounds kind of weird, but you can submit pictures of these measuring tools held up to your nipples and somebody will tell you the size that they think you are based on what they're seeing. When we started all of the pumping journey, it was very confusing, the sizing, because you would think it would be as simple as, oh, well, this is the size right now, so that's the size that I'm supposed to use. But depending on the pump that you use, it can change. Most women are 17 millimeters or smaller, even though the flange size that comes with every pump is a 24 millimeter flange. So that's way too big and it can cause some damage to your breasts if you use it for a long time. So it really is no wonder that the opinion out there is that pumping is painful, uncomfortable, because so many women have probably just used whatever size came with their pump. You'll see it a lot that breastfeeding should not be a painful experience, that it really should be quite pain-free when you're doing it. And if it's painful, you're doing it wrong. 
And we have found a lot of resources that say that that is true. It's also good to just not expect that it's not going to feel like amazing. It's not going to be like you're sitting on the couch. There might be a little bit of discomfort and that is kind of normal at the beginning. I was using the wrong size flange for the first month and my nipples were so sore. It took a couple weeks for that pain to go away. And so there was a lot of questioning like, am I using the right size? Like I went to all the fittings, I ordered all the right sizes and I started using them, but the pain was still there because it had been so long of using the wrong size. So there is a little bit of an adjustment period if you are trying to figure out the right size for you, but eventually the pain did go away. When you're trying to buy different sizes, you'll see that a lot of companies don't offer every millimeter option below 24 or even above. So what we have found to be the most beneficial way to size up stuff effectively is to use these little silicone inserts. So basically you get an insert that's like 17 millimeters and you push it inside of a flange that's 24 millimeters. And this has saved us a ton of time and we haven't had to go around shopping for a million different parts. And what's nice is it's just this little piece that you can use on lots of different pump parts. You'll want to check to make sure that these inserts work with your pump before you buy them because the one that we're using right now, the Genie, does not actually support using these inserts. But they do offer quite a wide variety of flanges. The Genie is an all silicone flange, which is so much more comfortable than those hard plastic ones. So I highly recommend it. After you have your pump, you've got all the parts and everything is fitting and sized correctly. The next question you're going to have about exclusively pumping is what is the schedule? So it's recommended that you pump for 120 minutes a day or two hours a day. And early on, it's recommended that you do that in 15-minute sessions seven to eight times a day. Eventually, once your supply is built up and you've regulated, which happens around eight to 12 weeks, then you can start to maneuver your pumps to what best works for you. If your goal is to keep your supply where it is, then it's best to maintain the same amount of time, even if you pump less frequently. So for example, If I wanted to go down to pumping four times a day, then I would need to pump for 30 minutes four times a day. It is recommended that you do not pump for longer than 30 minutes at a single time. So four times a day for 30 minutes is really the smallest amount of pumps that they will recommend you do. Going down to less than four pumps per day will signal your body that you're trying to stop producing milk. So there's a couple different ways that you can determine your schedule. You can do set times, like I'm going to pump on the quarters, 6, 9, 12, 3, 8 times a day, or however many times that is. Or I'm going to pump every 3 to 3.5 hours from my last pump. So if I pumped at noon, then I need to pump between 3 and 3.30. Or you can pump anytime your baby eats. And that way is more recommended if you are trying to get back to breastfeeding your baby because then your body is used to the demanding schedule of when a newborn eats. When it comes to setting this schedule, you don't have to stick to the exact same thing every single day. You're going to want to stick to something very similar. So if today your pumps are 6, 9, 12, and 3, you don't want to cut the next day to 6 and 12 because your body needs to take time to regulate to your schedule. Early on, I was doing the every 3 
actually, I think they told me every two and a half to three hours. And that was just completely exhausting for me. I got very drained very quickly. And so I've kind of realized as time has gone on that setting a schedule for myself has been much easier. If you're looking to increase your supply when you're pumping, you can look into power pumping, which takes about one hour of the day and you pump 10 minutes on and then you rest for 10 minutes and you keep doing that for an hour. It's said that if you do that for a couple of days, then you should see an increase in your supply. Breastfeeding and exclusively pumping is very supply and demand. So however much you're telling your body that you need by emptying it, the more it's going to make. So while you may think that if I just keep waiting and waiting and waiting, then I'm going to just make more and more milk. And when I empty it, there's going to be a lot there. It's actually the opposite. If you're breastfeeding, one of the biggest things you have to worry about if you are going to pump is bottles. You need to figure out how to make sure that your baby doesn't get used to a bottle and all of these things. But if you're exclusively pumping, you don't really have to worry about the bottles that you're going to use as long as you do not plan on trying to get back to direct nursing. If you're doing both pumping and nursing, you will want to use a slower feed bottle where your baby has to work for the milk. So we started out using the Avent Naturals because we were intending on breastfeeding and these bottles will not release milk unless Edison is actively sucking on it. Once we realized that Edison was not really latching at all, we decided that we we're just going to stay with these bottles because we already have quite a few of them and he can eat laying down and not choke. Also, if he like drops the bottle or something, they don't spill all over the place. And he already needed to work on his suck reflex anyway. So there's a couple of hacks that I've learned. And if you get on social media, there's so many more that you can find. But I will say that the biggest thing that has changed the experience for me is getting that battery powered pump so that I can pump anywhere that I want to in my house. Another huge thing you're going to need if you're exclusively pumping is extra sets of pump parts. If you're pumping eight times a day, and you only have one set of parts, that means you have to do the dishes eight times a day. Or if you're using the fridge hack, you can do it four times a day. But that is still a lot of dishes. So if you're able to pick up another set of pump parts, you don't need a whole nother pump, just like the bottles and everything. Get a whole nother set of parts so that you can do less dishes. Another thing that has really helped when we're out and about is having a chiller that we can put milk in when we're on the go. So we got the Series Chill, which holds 12 ounces of milk, and it can be good for up to 24 hours. So that's a full day out if you don't want to carry a cooler around with you, which is what we were doing before we found this thing. You can just take this little chiller, it slides right in my pump bag, and we're good for a whole day out. The Series Chiller is basically a thermos for breast milk. So it has a internal thermos container that you can put up to 12 ounces of breast milk and then an external container that you crush up ice and then put it in there. So you kind of like have this little cooler on the go and it has been really, really helpful for us. Exclusively pumping is a very new thing that a lot more women are talking about. So there isn't a whole lot of research about how it's different from breastfeeding and how it's different from formula feeding. For example, we're not really sure how much we need to feed Edison because 
Many people say that your breast milk changes to meet your baby's needs. However, that usually happens through the saliva in your baby's mouth interacting with your skin and your body responds to it that way. So if you're not latching your baby, how does that happen? We're not really sure because there's not a whole lot of research on that. But what we do know is that doing skin to skin with your baby and just being in the same environment as them is signaling your brain and your body that you have a baby to care for. And so we'd like to think that there is a little bit of that benefit going to your baby. One of the things that has been very weird about exclusively pumping is whenever we talk to anybody, and this includes doctors, the question is always, are you breastfeeding? And the answer is kind of, but no one understands that. True story. When I told someone the other day that I was exclusively pumping, they said, oh, Rachel, I'm so sorry. As if it was this terrible thing that I was putting myself through. And yeah, it is hard. It can be painful and exhausting at times, but it's not really anything to be sorry for. And I read something the other day that really resonated with me about freedom and what that means to you surrounding feeding. And so for a mom that's exclusively breastfeeding, they may want freedom from the unpredictable schedule or being used as a pacifier by her baby. Or a mom that's exclusively pumping might want freedom from being tied to a wall and a strict schedule. And then there's also a mom that's formula feeding that may want freedom from the financial burden of buying formula. So it's not always the grass is greener on the other side. Having the perspective that someone else may be desiring to provide breast milk for their baby, but for whatever reason can't, just makes me appreciate even more that I can provide everything for Edison that he needs right now. So to sum it up, exclusively pumping, like anything else you do in life, gets easier with time and figuring out what my body responds well to. We're getting to a point where Edison is going to start taking more milk less often. And so I don't need to pump every three hours like you do in the early first few weeks home. And for me, being able to pump less frequently has really been a sweet spot of being content with this journey that we're on. There's so much to unpack with exclusively pumping, but hopefully this gives you a good starting place if it's a journey you find yourself on. Next time, we're going to talk about the second month with Edison. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. 